0: Welcome back guys to the next episode of Ultimate Financial Guide. We're now at episode 6. We missed an episode last week, but we're back. And we're continuing with what we have to share with you guys. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. So today, I'm your host, Trey Suarez. You can find me on all social media at Trey
1: W Suarez. And with me today, I have Milton Chambers. And you can find me on Twitter at Sensei underscore mellow And I'm Kobe Ramsey. You can find me at Twitter at CozyMoney. All right, perfect.
0: Let's get straight into it. So we saw that Barita dropped at APO. Right, Kobe, take us straight into it. What is this all about? And what what do you think? What are the expectations? I, uh, you know...
2: Barita APO, you know what an APO is, It's basically when a company offers additional shares to the one that they already have presently. So Barita is just offering a nice chunk of shares to the public and existing shareholders that everybody can get a chance to to invest. And it's very different from an IPO where a company is like the first time they're raising capital on the secondary market is to an IPO and Barita now is already has capital and is trying to raise more to the tune of about $9 billion they're trying to, to raise um, from the public. In a time like this they're trying to raise that like $9 billion. So taking you through the offer, I would actually start with just the fact that they have a breakdown of the offer where basically they have different pricing for different investors. So if you they call you a small investor, if you're investing about 300 shares to a 1,000 shares, they call you, they classify you as a small investor. They have shares for hotel workers and farmers, for Cornerstone, which is the parent company for Barita. They have existing shareholders and Barita clients and key investors, which is described in the prospectus, and they have non reserved, which is for the general public. So you can get into the Cornerstone pool or the existing shareholder pool by buying an, a, like a one share and then. You would be classified as a existing shareholder, and if you're investing small amounts, whether three hundred to one thousand shares, you could invest in the small shareholders or small investor pool, and you get shares in the small investor pool for about forty nine dollars. Hotel workers getting at about forty nine seventy five dollars, and existing shareholders and cornerstone getting at about fifty two dollars, and everybody else in the open market or everybody else who doesn't classify or apart from all the three other categories gets in at about fifty two dollars. Same as cornerstone. So what they're really doing is offering shares at a discount to the to the market right now. So you can get shares I think the shares traded at about 50 50 something dollars or last Friday they traded at fifty four dollars seventy four cents. And the offer you can get shares at from as a small investor you invest 300 to 1000 shares you get it at $49 and you could invest at uh, you could invest at 52 as a non-reserved and you get the shares at $52 which is below the current market price of 50 54.74 cents $54.74. So you could get it at a discount to the market, meaning you're buying it. You're basically buying it in a position where you're already in profit when you buy the shares. If you participate in the APO. The offer opens on So the offer opens on Wednesday, August 26, 2020, and it at 9 a.m. and it closes on the 16th of September, 2020, at 4 p.m. So if you want to participate, you can still apply before the opening date and you're your applications will be processed on the day that the the APO opens that's August 26th so you can apply before to get the shares so you wouldn't be or you wouldn't be late because things like this they can be oversubscribed very fast so you want to get in faster than the person that applies on the day yeah so if you apply in the APO you would still be or even if you buy shares outside of the APO you'd still be Um, eligible for the dividend payment which up to september the 21st you would be still eligible for the dividend payment at two dollars two cents per share okay so thanks for
0: that explanation kobe um i think what what we want now is basically to get basically you guys start so milton what what do you think about about this APO? so it's very attractive Uh, to me
1: yeah it does, and like, when you look at what they plan to use the funds and do, so if you look on, if, well, if, the pers- if you go on the prospectus and you look on mm-hmm. page, I think, 24, and you see... Where they say use of proceeds, um, they're going to use up about around 4.2 billion dollars and expanding throughout the region. So you can see where they're trying to expand their horizons, and that can be definitely a way they can improve their revenue stream. So, and if they can actually make their stamp on other countries regionally, then they're going to continue to go grow strong, which Barita has been doing. Mm-hmm. and they also like they plan to use like around a billion dollars on upgrading their system so they want to be at an international standard which which i think is good for the country because it exposes us to international standards i think as a third world nation being exposed to these standards it's only going to take us higher mm. yeah fully understand you Alright guys, so now we're going over to some earnings. Many reports dropped this week, but we're going to focus on jam teas as we're always um, talking about this company. Um so for this quarter we see where revenue was 505 mil. Um that's a significant growth compared to last year, last year third quarter, which was 360 mil. So we see where they're improving their step. And at saw this commercial where they're introducing a new tea so definitely expecting more revenue in the next quarter and when you measure them when you look at the year to date realize that they're still ahead of last year um revenues an at, at increase of like 403 mil so we're seeing that they're performing well as it relates to revenue we know that the expenses when, when they sell more obviously expense is going to rise but it's when you look at the gross profit, you realize that they still earn a lot more than the last quarter and more than last year. So these are signs that you want to pick up on and saying, all right, they're still earning. You look at your profits because if you're someone that focuses on dividend, you want to know that they're making a good amount of profit. So the profits will transition to you. So I really like, well, what I'm looking at is the income statement. I really like what I'm seeing. Control costs, strong revenues, steady income growth, other from revenue, and that's just a plus for me. You want to talk about the net profit, Kobe? Yeah, a bit, but for
2: I'll add something to where that talk about the revenue, because Jam is, I say, one of the most, probably one of the most efficient companies on the junior market right now. Because the, the diversification of their revenue stream. Because they don't really make a lot of their money in Jamaica. Most of their revenue comes from well. Over the last three months, has come from exports, which yeah. they said grew about fifty-six percent over the last year. So where you really find most of the information is when you look into the management and management and analysis. That's the first. That's the first line in the report where you can really see where the money where the managers and the chairman and so on they would give a breakdown of the result for the year and what they really divulge here is that jam tees has made a lot, a lot more a lot more of their money outside of jamaica so that is a really really good sign that they're that they're moving towards exports rather than imports because you know jamaica is very small compared to the rest of the world so that should do yeah. well for them if they continue along this path. And another key item would be that when you're looking at a company, looking at the the results on the paper is really good, but what you really want to do is factor in the future, because reading reading the management analysis, you'd say that they actually also delve into property development and they also have the subsidiary QWI that we mentioned last week so but the property is what really want to focus on right here because they have some property that they haven't sold as yet so they have revenue that isn't showing up on their reports right now so they have they have future income that's supposed to come to them through the property development arm of the of the company and that still hasn't been shown they have about what they've signed an agreement to sell 15 of the 18 units by q4 which is later down this year they have about they have an agreement to sell 15 of the 18 units so that's a lot of money coming to them from property so this is a very very diversified company if you if you really look into it and the results were kind of expected because you know another subsidiary would be qwi and we said last week that qwi suffered a massive loss unrealized loss last week and that really shows up here for the year to date if you look at the profit line it's that it declined from about 200 and $20 million to $84.9 million. So you see that that's a, that's a massive drop in terms of earnings to shareholders of um, Jamtees. And what most of that really comes from is the loss from QWI. And most of that loss was unrealized, so it's not really a cash loss per se. And But apart from that, the revenue growth is something to look forward to in the future. If QWI's portfolio turns around, the year or even break even, then I could say that Jamtees results would look a lot better in the coming quarters. But right now, it's it's looked like a very depressed company right now if you're looking at it. And even if they get those sales, if they get those sales up, I would love to see if the Monopark sales really break even for them, and that property arm really develops into what it what it should be.
1: Yeah, and this is just like my personal view. I was just saying like if like if QWI didn't suffer so much loss from um, access. The gains that Jamaica Tees would have right now maybe would see this um stock price rise far beyond where it is now. And going forward, as you said, as I said, Kobe, PBI really can at least reach break-even. This will be a massive boost for Jamaica Tees because um their sales is very strong so and they're diversified. So it's a company yeah. I'm very interested in going forward to see how they continue and, you know, and how they deal with the cutbla um, problem right now
2: yeah uh and I think you know it's a long QW is a long-term asset so yeah. over the long term they should do well and add a lot of dividends also to to Jamaica T's because you know that QWI has a dividend policy of about 50%. So they pay out 50% of whatever they what's supposed to pay out, whatever 50% of whatever they earn. So in the future, Jam will be receiving a portion of that dividends plus a share of profit from QWI when the portfolio appreciates to 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 break even or even beyond that. So for QWI for Jam would be a
1: really good cash cow per se. In the- and the and they declared the dividends this week, right?
2: Yeah, even yeah, and they and they declared a dividend. So even though the results were not so good but expected, they still declared a dividend for shareholders of, of about six cents. So if you invested, you you would be getting about six cents on what? What did the share price close at last week? Closed t- that four people. The people yeah, so people, people, uh, people like the dividend. Yeah, so that the so see, the, the results the, even the results were kind of priced into because you said it dropped 10% on Friday. It dropped 10% or 10.85%. Mm-hmm. With the dividend announcement, but the bad results, the bad results, you know, Tech tank stock. But they also have a upcoming, or they should be voting on a, on a stock split. Yeah, so they have a stock split coming also, which should do Well, because you know, jump T, if it's passed, the, top, the stock usually appreciates a lot um, after the announcement because you know people want to get in. Because you know, the more units you have, the more you can sell, and so on. So, that should do well for the stock and it's something to look out for. So, I really want to take this company into focus. I have a, a small position and I'll be looking at this company in the future, yeah.
1: And- for me, still, I think when I think well, I recently sold my position. I think from earlier because I remember before we even started this podcast, I below um I bought it when it was around in the three dollar area, close to four, and I always target that five dollar seven cents because. From I'm um, the person that put out that 816,000 units. I know that it wouldn't break um five dollar eight cents. So I'm uh, um, existing seller order good while now. So that's why I know the dividend did had some impact on price for a while because I know that um it my shares got sold at five dollar seven cents. But I think maybe the results now kind of make persons feel. Rubbed them the wrong way, so can I see it going back down. So maybe I can start getting back a position for the stock split.
2: Yeah, as but they're, as, as I said, they are supposed to be voting on it, but they haven't said anything. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. delayed it. They, yeah, yeah. They've delayed it before, so I don't know what. Um, john, john jackson will be doing in the future but yeah, it's something to, to we'll look what... out for yeah it's something to look out for because you know nine times out of ten the stock usually rises um before or after uh stock split Yeah, we've seen it with pulse pulse investments and a lot of other companies are trying to split as well um panjam has um uh, announced a, a pending stock split as well so companies are looking towards this. And what a stock split really means is that the powers that be or the chairmans and the CEOs they realize that the stock is not trading at its fair value. And what that means is that if they think that the stock is valued a lot more than what it is now. So to really get to that, so people might have a, you know, people, as we say, don't, don't look at the price. People might have a price barrier or a psychological barrier to, to, to buying a stock at a certain price. So you might see it's hitting that resistance level you hear them talk about resistance in forex you have resistance in stocks as well and stocks hitting that resistance level even though it's valued two times as much you might see managers or the chairman say that all right we need to get a stock split to, to for the stock to reach its fair value and that's exactly the case right here as i said the revenue diversification the cash flow from from QWI, which should do well and all of that really culminates into a very good company and it's not trading at its fair value right now so the stock split should correct for that if they pass it and if they don't then you know we just have
1: to wait and a uh, piece and side note for um the listeners when i was saying um eight hundred and sixteen thousand units that's also a form of resistance, as Kobo was saying.
2: Yeah, it's perfectly the volume. The volume of share is, yeah. true. you know, that's really above the average volume traded for for this stock. So that big sell order is really telling you that somebody's trying to get out of the stock, and you don't clear that in 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 one day, even with bad results, you can't clear that in one day. So the stock tanking 10% isn't really, as as I say, is really surprising given the the Atmosphere, the earnings atmosphere around it. So, but in the future, I'll see. I know that Jamtees will not be valued
1: at at fifty two at four dollars fifty two cents. So, but yeah. One. I also want to add that this like someone like a major player in the market could tempt um the guy that holds eight hundred sixteen units, thousand units, tempting like saying because as I said, he wants to get out. So. That could be a play where somebody of equal size tempt him to sell it way lower than it is now and he just said, okay, I'm just going out. And normally we see that we always see those kind of um, plays in the market and then you know what now, what normally happens is after that play gets accepted or he agrees to sell at a significant lower price, he normally gets halted and then drop the price even more. And then sometime you go back, so that could be an interesting play. Normally it's not something I want to be in the middle of, but that's an interesting yeah, play. Yeah, you definitely
2: would want to be there. So taking profit is also acceptable at that at that price level. So, but long term investing. Long term investing. They can say that all these, yeah, all these variables. Interplay, you know, all their subsidiaries. What we have there LTJ Managers Limited, HMO Food and Sons, which is the rental and development property business, uh, QWI, which is the investments holding company, and Bay City Foods, which they also own a supermarket in Kingston. So, all of those priced into the stock you know, so probably, probably, um, they're valued a lot more than what they are now if you're pricing in the future. So It'd be interesting to watch, and I'll say I'll probably add more to, to my position.
1: Um, Definitely,
2: yeah. As the as the market goes on. All right. So now we'll be looking at what the biggest IPOs that launched over the last year, being Wicton and Trans Jamaica. And firstly, we'll just be looking at Trans Jamaica for now. And what really seeing is that they had a really bad quarter and a half year result because they recorded a, a loss for both periods which was kind of expected if you really keep up with the news against so the lockdown and the closure of the entire Portmore area, you know, the, the, the toll booth, that's where they operate, the, the Highway 2000, that's where they operate. So that closure really forced them to shut up and that, that closure caused them to make a loss of, of about $3.3 million for the, for the quarter ending June 30 and for the six months which is from January to now would be about one one million dollars US. So they lost about three point three for the three months ending June 30 and they lost about one million dollars for the for the quarter for the six months ending June thirty. And you see that that kinda expected because the lockdown as I said and the outlook on the stock is really not great. Given that, even from before, we could see that traffic between Portmore and and Kingston was kind of, you know, dropping because of the opening of Mandela, which I highlighted before we even, because we're talking about investing in this because, you know, how successful Wigtown was, how successful Wigtown was, and we're saying that this could be a good opportunity to get some quick returns. As a rational investor, you say where you can make some money, and this looked like a good opportunity, but probably at the time it seemed like a solid company, you know. People after years the toll for, for the Kingston, but now is that people are probably less inclined to travel based on the current health crisis that we're going through. So what the what the company is going through right now is kind of expected, and it's not a stock to have. I wouldn't be buying it right now, given the loss-making operations.
1: And like, uh, but for me, for this for this stock to turn around, we're going to need to see some. Massive housing work um, coming into Portmore. Portmore never right. have that much space either way. And a lot of um businesses coming in where can well that will that will use a toll on a regular basis. And as you said they have to be significant. Other than that, I don't really see how they're going to mm. continue, how they're going to even make um grow? sustained revenue. Yeah, yeah
2: or, even... or even grow. But I think from the prospectus which we always inclined to bring the prospectus. They said that they would be looking at opportunities outside of Jamaica. So, you know, they would be yep. inclined to to build other toll roads across the Caribbean. I think they had plans for it. I know. And but for, you can really tell if they will be able to to go to go through with something like that. Because they can look at the balance sheet. How is how them how is their debt structured? Or if they're over leveraged or so on. Can they take on more debt? Because they're not going to finance it with cash. Because they don't have a, a lot of cash on their balance sheet. If you look at it, right now they have about oh, 49.9 million USD in restricted cash. And about 8 million USD in, in just raw cash balances in the bank. So they can't touch that restricted cash. But the 8 million USD, Yes, that, that 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 really can can build another toll road that costs <coughs> upwards of hundreds of millions of US overall, but they have other plans like building out, as I said, real estate and so on, because they still operate the land outside of the toll road. So they they operate the gas stations that they might see on the toll road and they operate the lands around it so they can have real estate developments. So whenever they plan to diversify the revenue stream, then you could say that probably this is a time for the stock to recover, but they haven't initiated any of those plans nor do they have the the capital it seems to, to go to go about it because even in the prospectus I said that they would try to raise from what i remember they would try to raise funds by doing an apo just like barita or uh, <laughs> or a uh, what do they call it, you know, a rights issue which if you're a loss making operations they can't really i wouldn't be i wouldn't be funding your operations to say to say that yo to, to to go go about doing these doing these um other business ventures so as an existing shareholder I really it's really bleak for, for Trans Jamaica going forward. Yeah you have anything to add time
1: Yeah and i was saying like the world that we move into now a more digital world work from home mm. yeah really exactly and shipping and all these things again and they get uh, anything you anything I want to um shipping companies how many people are going to really leave their is on a regular basis going forward. Mm-hmm. So that
2: re- will really impact their revenue. Can you see even the revenue figure? It came from thirteen million last year. They made about thirteen point one million US last year, and it f- it fell almost half to eight point four million. So that's a drastic drop in their revenue. In their in their revenue. So I don't even know what was. What's going to happen but they're still operating and they have the the 35-year lease on the toll road so they still have all, about 16 years left to operate it so i guess if they plan if they plan the turnaround then maybe or even i don't even know if they can pay a dividend yeah so not, not even so so what's the bull case for for holding a trans sometime
1: there sometimes
2: there probably is none
1: Ah, sometimes, as investor, it's not every investment decision you're going to get correct, so yeah, well, that's sometimes you have to accept us.
2: yeah, and we invest for, for, for different things, different purposes. Because what, what yeah, what, what I'm looking at is a growth company, and this clearly isn't a growth company, it's more than likely a cash flow, you know, kind of kind of company that you look at the cash how much cash do they generate per per, per year and you can really find that that's they tell you that in the financial statements you look at the statement of cash flow and you see that they actually didn't generate what they actually didn't generate any cash flow for the year or for the six months they actually lost cash about one hundred and fifty-seven thousand usd so they lost cash during the year are they burning cash during the year and probably have to finance that that shortfall through debt through more debts and you know mm-hmm. if if you, if I if a company investing is piling on debt, then they aren't working for you, they're working for the debtors, basically. Because yeah. all that earnings that they should pay out to you as dividends is going to a creditor as an interest payment. So you'll have to look, you'll pay clean atent, attention to the cash flow statement when you see stuff like that. And so you know that they probably don't have any, any free cash flow available to pay out to, to shareholders, if you look at it, so. And I don't
1: know. I'll, no, this is like a very unlikely event, but, If the company was to say, okay, we're going to stop operations or call bankruptcy, you know, as you say, the debtors will be paid first before um, equity holders.
2: In the case of a liquidation, then, yeah, then Mm -hmm. a highly leveraged, highly leveraged balance sheet would mean that the equity is probably worthless. So, and yeah, and we've seen, like, if you think that bankruptcies aren't common, which they aren't common on the Jamaica Stock Exchange, but... We've had companies that go bankrupt, basically, because they had sweet, sweet River abattoirs which basically had to cease operations and they sold off uh, all the assets to the owner of Burger King. So, stuff like that, you see that companies, you have to really keep up with stuff like this. You can't just buy and say, all right, this is for my grandkids. You have to keep, even if it's six months, okay you said that this is a six-month report, even every six months, you just look at the report and you see how the company is doing. So, you pick up on stuff like this that if it's the business is really going down then you can say alright but maybe I should or you know even though we don't like to talk about the losses maybe I should realize this loss because the business isn't going to turn around so what are you going to wait until the equity is worth zero you salvage something and then you you move on from there but right now a <clears throat> Trans Jamaica isn't really looking like a play
1: to me <clears throat> and what I would add to and um, for our audience especially those that are just starting to invest um, if the environment change, your plan can also change. Because yeah. now you're in a different bulk. So yeah, because the economic they... environment has changed overall with, with Corona. Yeah, yeah
2: so no, I'm not a licensed financial advisor. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for are Licensed <laughs> financial advisors. But I think we know <laughs> a little something about about yeah. teams, about companies. And even the average person can tell a good business from a bad business. Not saying that Transamerica is per se a, a bad business but it's a it's a good it's probably a good business going through a bad time per se. And and if you're looking for returns then maybe You'd have to reassess and talk with the financial advisor and saying, is, is this or they would advise you, is this company going to turn around in the, in the next five years? Because Jamaica is still developing, real estate is still developing, more than likely Portmore will expand and more people will use the highways. That's probably a long-term look at, mm. at Trans-Jamaica that more people in the long term will, will be using the highway. But now, in the here and now, with evolving this company right now, they know so that the business is really, really doing bad um anything else you see that that looks important milton um
1: i think we're gonna cover um almost everything but that is important yeah
2: so that's and, oh yeah, yeah and
1: Whoa. i was like the exchange rate that kind also affect since
2: mm. FX since uh
1: well they mm. earn in us
2: so i guess they sh- one if they booked even a foreign exchange again during the year uh, more than likely you can see that and the, uh, they don't break it down. So they haven't break that down, so you can't even see that. You, you couldn't see yeah. if they made a gain or a loss on FX. But yeah, I think you were making a point about as for young investors or new investors like us that see stuff like this. Like you see an IPO and you're wondering, will it be a, a, a 100% be sure. or a one, oh, yeah, a one bagger? You know, like a Wigton where I invested because of Wigton. I started investing at Wigton when Wigton IPO came out. Did I read the prospectus? No. I don't think, Trey, even, Trey did you read the prospectus? Actually, sir, I read the prospectus, <laughs> but did I understand <laughs> the prospectus? Understand it? No, I, know. <laughs> no it is, I didn't. I didn't even read the prospectus. Because, you know, and then I took a step back and I said, wait, so, you know, you, you read and you, and you learn stuff and, based on, based on my degree, we do, you know, on the economics and statistics and, statistics. traders marketing and
0: finance and excuse what, me, what, excuse me. Um, let's <laughs> not let's not tell you a lot I marketing only you do marketing <laughs>
2: so trade only, <laughs> so trade so yeah so me and Milton do economics and statistics and trade does marketing so yeah so we have two economists and our market now reading stuff like this is part of the the degree program and when you realize that you you never paid any attention to to any of this stuff you wonder why stocks do what they do why do why do some stocks appreciate and some stocks don't why does a stock go 100% go go up 100% and some go down you know to zero there's a reason and the reason you find is is within the numbers within the financial statements and people don't like to read this but you should be reading stuff like this. You should be reading every page of the prospectus. You can find Barita. We're telling about Barita APO. You can find the APO on Jamaica StockX. Change website. That's jamstockx.com. You read it and you know. You make decision for yourself and you consult a financial advisor. Right. Yeah, exactly. But as a young investor, you you have to ask questions. You ask the first question you should probably ask is how do I know when a stock is undervalued or overvalued? Because that can usually tell you whether or not the stock will go up or down. And when you learn to, as the first episode we said. You can use one easy metric, which is P.E., but how do you value a company based on earnings when the company is making a loss? Because they can't use a P.E. valuation for that. You probably have to probably, you probably focus on maybe the assets of the company. Am I getting value value based on the, the, the net assets? Or, you know, you run a business, you have the assets and you have liabilities. The assets minus liabilities give you the equity, which is what you get after the, after you pay off all the debt. That's what we get as shareholders if the business goes goes bankrupt. So we'll get a payout. And right now, I think Trans-Jamaica is trading over their net asset value. So even looking at that, you could say that probably maybe this was a bit overvalued at at IPO. And that's why the price isn't really doing much because, you know, people project earnings, people project future growth, future growth. And the valuation isn't looking that, that great. So there's a reason why the stock the valuation wasn't undervalued. The earnings earnings aren't growing and the, the outlook on the company isn't that good. So there's a those are probably the three reasons why the stock isn't doing or isn't doing as well as as, as a weak ton. So yeah, so as a young investor, those are the three questions that I asked myself and I said I had to I had to find the answers to these questions and it has really broken down the market to a, a T basically. To, to, to understand it like that so a little bit of accounting is in there and a little bit of math but it isn't it isn't rocket science and and i think we can understand it i think as more as they get more sophisticated and more interested in stuff like this then you probably go into valuation and maybe go into finance and they get lost in this world but for transmaker as i said a pe probably wouldn't work because they're making a loss so people maybe a book value or, or even a discounted cash flow they could use, yeah, because they make, you know, the cash is going through the business, you know, so you could do a discounted cash flow on it and, and see what 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 um, intrinsic value you get, you get at the end of it, what the business is worth today, given all the assets, liabilities and earnings, what is the business worth today, basically.
1: Alright, so now guys we're going to transition over to Wicton Wind Farm, another IP that as we were men- that we were mentioning before. So we saw where they suffered a um, reduction in their numbers across the board. Well and the income statement that is we saw um where their revenue fell to seven hundred and fifty million compared to the first quarter last year, which was eight hundred and thirty two mil. And we also saw a rise in their expenses. So that's not a great combination to see the revenues falling and expenses rising so you know so that's less profit which we saw and with their net profit which declined by 17.9 percent so we saw some challenges for this quarter as it relates to work done anything you want to add kobe we done
2: Bitcoin uh, has made me some money in the past, so I don't really want to be this bearish on it. And it has made us a lot of money, Trey, especially Trey still holds yes, some, is right? Trey still yes, holds I am, some, but I, I, am. I exited, I exited a while back, a while back, in about January. But Trey still holds, but yep, right now we're looking at this. I was saying that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Trey still. Holds is i now so that the decline is right across the board you know a eight, 18% fall or a 18% fall in the EPS for, for, the, for the first quarter ending, ending June the first quarter ending June what we're seeing in the report is that there has been a decline as Milton said across the board We see that there's a 17.9% decline in net profit after tax and this is after backup, so this, is, which is supposedly suppo- supposed to be Wigton's best year or best time of the year for Wigton to operate because there was a article um, a while back in the or on Nationwide you can find it it's titled Wigton defense quarterly earnings where an accountant John Jackson that we mentioned last year the chairman of QWI he came out which has been a staunch critic of Wigton wind farm and he said well the CEO came out and said that May to June is usually Wigton's best time of year, and this quarter encapsulates that that best time of year, and. If they're making an 18% decline or a 17.9% decline in profit after tax, and an 18.2% decline in their earnings per share, then it's that. And this is during their best time of the year. So, is it a couple of things that I could note? And I discussed this with Trey previously that Wipton, their equipment is coming to, you know, depreciation. The useful life of their equipment is coming to an end, and they have to replace it. And we saw that during a time like this, where you have a dislodgement or logistics. Between the sellers and the buyers. So, Wigtown 1 needing to replace equipment is probably going to be a problem during a time like this. Because, you know, during Corona, you have people or the ports aren't really operating up to full capacity. Even KWCO came out recently and they had a decline in earnings. 2 says so that the economic activity operating around ports isn't really up to levels of 2019 as yet given the current um health crisis so we can needing to replace their turbines is going to probably be a problem so what we're seeing now is probably a manifestation of that being in that meaning that wickton is seeing a decline in in production because see production came from about 55 55 million um, kilowatts per hour last year and it fell to to 46 million kilowatts and that's about a 15 percent decline even though they had a 97 percent availability so that the production is 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 um down and you can see that that really plays a part where the, the the equipment that they are using is reaching its useful life and it probably can't produce as much even though it's available it can't produce as much as as previously so they need to replace it and the current dislodgement in logistics is probably going to cause a problem for them. So, this report is probably an indication that future earnings for Wigton might, might come at a, at a decline, might become and declining, or it's going to be declining in the future, basically. So, that's one thing I'd, I'd highlight, which which I've said previously. Um, and Wigton, you know, the uh, utilities probably facilitate or run
1: off of a lot
2: of debt, basically. And if you look at their balance sheet, which we always recommend that you look at the balance sheet income statement, they don't always focus on profit. They so look at the balance sheet and you look at how leverage they are and you so see that Wigton is or has uh, they have a bond coming up this year, later this year and they have a current liabilities payment for that bond of seven hundred and thirty one million dollars. And what you really want to know is that Wigton already has the, the sufficient cash or for sufficient cash to really pay off that, that bond payment. But also they have a couple other bond payments to to, to really to really come up with and so the Series A, which is due December the 14th, 2020, is so that it's due for 710 10 million. So they, that's done, that they can manage that one. And you have a Series B band. You know, a band is a debt instrument that is really an IOU. Where companies that aren't public or are companies that are public, can borrow from private investors at a fixed or a predetermined interest rate on that instrument. So it's 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 ranks above equity holders. We, the equity holders, it ranks above us. So if we was to go out of business tomorrow, then these bondholders would have to get paid first. And they have a Series B that's coming up in twenty twenty three for about one point nine billion. So that's about two times the bond that they have to they have to pay off this year. And they have another one, Series C. So there's three other bonds other than the Class, other than the Series A. So you have a Series B, which is $1.9 the Series C, which is $1.6 billion, and the Series D, which is $2, $2 billion dollars and they have to pay off those bonds as the bondholders would demand payment and probably liquidate victims. So what you want to look at is that a cash flow statement is that they're generating, generating sufficient cash throughout the year and you see that they had a net increase in cash of 299 million dollars which is more than the 246 million dollars so generating about 200 about 300 million in cash yearly so you know that three years from now that would be about what nine nine hundred million dollars in cash if they generate 300 million in cash for for the for this june 30 so yeah so if they generate 300 million in cash yearly or more than 300 million in cash, then they should have sufficient cash to pay off the bond payments. So, yeah, that's that's some key stuff that I, that I noticed with the Wiktong. But right now, the decline in earnings is probably expected. If you look beyond the financial statements i read the notes then you can see that stuff like this because they tell you the the useful life of the other the the turbines so it's not um, much of this is in the financial statement so it isn't some some insider information or anything. we you can read for this stuff and it's there for you for you to see anything else you guys want to add
0: no i think that's perfectly said
2: all right guys that concludes our um discussion of week time then there were a lot of Earnings report, but we can go through all of those, but we'll probably we'll save them for next week. A lot of earnings report came out recently, so we'll probably save those for another episode.
0: All right, guys, so you you heard us talk about a few earning reports, mainly, you know, Winged and uh, Trans-Jamaica, being that these were the biggest IPOs that the government brought to us, right? And we also spoke about Barita's APO. Remember to go and check that out and see if you're interested, yeah. So with all that being said, um, I want to basically ask you guys, or rather, if you're interested in Barita's APO, right, you can check out our Patreon website. You just simply go on patreon.com and search for Little Man's Financial Guide. And if you check us out, we're going to publish an article there basically talking about Barita's APO if you want to get some more information there. But that's it for today's episode. Remember to... Follow us on Instagram at Little Man Financial Guide, on Twitter at Little Man's Guide. You can also shoot us an email if you want to get in contact with us at Little Man Financial Guide at yahoo.com. Check us out on Facebook, Little Man Financial Guide. Oh, also, before we go, I want to big up a very special listener, Regina Harris. She is now our very first Patreon subscriber. I want to say thank you very much. Guys, be like her. Yeah, that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much.